0: to
1: the Token and Hobbs show on the Roads to Liberty Network. What is up, my dudes? It's a Tuesday night, and you're right with the Road Crew. This is the Token and Hop show here on the Roads to Liberty Network. I'm your host, Token. I am joined by my partner, Mr. Dustin Hobbs. What is up, my man?
0: Hello, everybody. Hello, Token. It's good to have you back for the first show that you're involved in in this wonderful 2020. It's Tuesday. It's Token Tuesday. It's also Taco Tuesday. I just had tacos. They were
1: delicious. Really? Where did you have them from? Were they Taco Bell or what? I made them. You made them. Were they they everything you dreamed of? Were they the the best tacos you've ever had in your life? Of course they were. I made them. I'm a good cook. Well, tell. So. All right. There you go. See, I I, I had an interview gave Me and the wife. We took a Christmas slash birthday slash anniversary trip out to Minneapolis, St. Paul, to see our first NHL hockey game ever. That was a lot of fun. Um, and it snowed because, of course, it does in Minnesota because Minnesota is practically Canada. So... <laughs> Yep. That's what happens, right? That's what happens when you go to Canada South. It fucking snows, and you get back to Nebraska, and you found out that it snowed while you were gone, too. So I can't get away from the goddamn snow in fucking January. I hate it.
0: <laughs> well, that's what happens in January. Well, I'm telling,
1: I'm telling you, dude, I grew up in Florida. It's like I never get used to snow. I've never gotten used to it. <laughs> It's just the most ridiculous thing in the world. So you had some big news, right? You got a, you got a new job that you're starting up soon? Uh, no,
0: it's it's the same job that I've had for the last six months. It's just that I finally got off of, off of that probationary period, and now I'm hired on full-time and got a key to the shop, and it's time to start making bootleg firearms.
1: <laughs> yes, bootleg firearms, my man. And, well, yep. I mean... We had, we had some big news that, we, that you guys uh, announced last week without me, by the way. Um, Roads to Liberty, joining the Think Liberty Network. Uh, coming up probably by the end of the month, you'll start seeing our episodes uploaded to the Think Liberty feed instead of the Roads to Liberty feed that you guys have been getting used to. So when that happens, we'll be sure to let you guys know. So that nobody's looking for Road to Liberty content and not finding any, because that would be very sad. I'd be very sad if we left some of our listeners behind. So make sure to keep up on that. All right. So to our show, we decided to bring in a special guest host tonight. He is the host of the Unhelpful Idiots podcast, Mr. Unhelpful Idiots. Un- well, what did I say? Oh, I said unhelpful idiots. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm sorry. Uh our guest, Mr. Tory Watchell. What is up, my man? Hey, hey, hey. How you doing, dude? Everything's good.
2: Everything's good. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Uh Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on,
1: and let's do this. All right. Yeah, let's do it, then. So the first topic up for tonight is apparently we all... Missed World War Three While we were on holiday break, Donald Trump decided to get in a pissy match with Iran and nearly bring the world to the brink of annihilation, only to pull it back at the last second, very anticlimactically. I don't know about you, but wandering the nuclear wastelands, token and Hobbs style, with our gas mask and plate carriers and Hobbes' modified weapons. That sounds... That, that, that would have been a lot of fun, and Donald Trump had to go and ruin it. Ruin it for the two of us, at least. Uh, Whatever other survivors lived through the nuclear holocaust, they would have been able to uh, enjoy that fun Mad Max setting that we would have all been in. But yeah, we uh, we almost went to war with Iran. Came this close. Very fun, very tense stuff. But you know, it didn't actually end up happening. So, what can you say? So this whole, this whole thing kicked off because uh, the, an Iranian general, Qasim Soleimani – am I saying that right, Soleimani?
0: Qas- Qasim Soleimani.
1: Qasim. I shouldn't know. it would have been like that. Qasim Soleimani was in Iraq. He said uh, – the Iraqi government says he was there for a peacekeeping uh, mission to negotiate peace between Iran and Saudi Arabia – Donald Trump says he was there to organize attacks against the US and that he was responsible for an attack on our embassy. So we decided to blow the shit out of him, which we did, um, and then deploy a whole bunch of troops to the border. And then Iran shot a bunch of missiles into the desert and shot down a Ukrainian airline. And then Trump said, ha ha, you missed. And that was the end of it. (laughs) I missed me
0: <laughs> yeah the whole thing just kind of plays out like a comedy of errors. Um, the, the most convincing theory that I've heard is that this guy has been on a lot of secret lists you know gotta gotta get rid of him for a long time they saw an opportunity they took it. You know, I would have done more of a clandestine assassination myself rather than an Apache with a Sidewinder or whatever it was in broad daylight at Biop, uh, Baghdad International Airport. Well, no one ever uh, accused Trump of being subtle. I guess not. <laughs> you yeah, know, subtle, subtle as a sledgehammer. But yeah, so, you know, they, they took him out. And then I guess it's some type of cultural thing over there where they've got to be seen retaliating. So, Iran knows that they talk a lot of smack, but they know that if it comes down to it, that they would, you know, it would be a long and bloody and drawn-out war for both sides, but they would ultimately be on the on the losing end of it. So, they launch a whole bunch of missiles, miss, and... Miss me. Yeah, save, save face with their own people by be you know being able to, to strut out in front of their people and be like they hit us and we hit back at them and now we're you know on level playing field again. So they lost a general but they saved face with their people and they didn't escalate the tensions with the US and Trump to his credit you know, for the guy who's going to be the the mad dictator warmonger that's going to drag us all into World War III, after the retaliation that ultimately did nothing, he just kind of sat back and was like, okay, you know, they can save face with their people. We're not going to have to get ourselves into another 20-year, multi-trillion-dollar war, and we got a bad guy off the earth. No problem. What do you think, Tori?
2: Uh i mean this whole thing's ridiculous it's all you know we've been meddling with iran since the 50s so you know it's all just games at this point and i mean didn't we in didn't we install soleimani at one point warren wasn't he like an ally and then You know, it's the same story every time with anyone over there. It's, you know, bin Laden was on our side at one point. We were backing him. So, and now he's an enemy, or, well, he was an enemy. Same thing with Gaddafi. They're all, you know, it's all these guys get in, and then they retaliate against us, and... I don't know. It's just a mess. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, it, it's, it's. I mean, you you mentioned Osama bin Gaddafi, uh, Saddam Hussein was the same way. It was once a, an asset of the United States that we used against Iran because we were peeved off at them for overthrowing the dictator that we forced upon them. So we were pretty mad about that at the time. But yeah, I I remember when this all went down. I, to I didn't honestly expect Donald Trump to back down the way that he did. Not necessarily back down, but, but to go to, to end the conflict the way that it, it ended. Because, yeah, essentially after Iran launched those missiles, Donald Trump just kind of shrugged it off, saying, all right, we got what we wanted. We're not going to do anything else. We're just going to stand down, no war. I did not expect that to happen. I expected once those missiles start flying at American bases, I expected Donald Trump to go, "Oh hell no, and fire back. And I thought that's what a lot of his supporters were wanting. Because in the lead up to this whole thing, I kept seeing nonstop freaking conservatives who I thought had learned their lesson. I thought were coming around to our side of thinking. Nothing but warmongering from these people and pretending that history with Iran started last week. <laughs> this is the thing that honestly pisses me off the most about this situation. People being like, well, we didn't start this, Iran did. Like, Last week was not the first time the United States and Iran interacted. All right, This has been going back decades. I mean, if we really want to get down to it, if we really want to assign blame to one party or the other for the hostile relationship Iran and the United States have, The party to blame is obviously the United States, not Iran. Iran didn't come to the United States and overthrow our government. Iran didn't come to the United States and install a puppet dictator who was in favor of them. Iran didn't do that. Iran didn't uh, aid Mexico and give them chemical weapons to invade the United States. Who's done all those things? The United States has done all those things. The United States overthrew the democratically elected government of Iran back in 1953, right? Installed a brutal dictator in charge of that country. Then the Iranians overthrew that dictatorship. And what did the United States turn around and do? Funds Saddam Hussein in his war against Iran. So if we really, really want to get down to things, yeah, the reason that Iran is an enemy of the United States is because the United States has made itself an enemy of iran and i know all the bench peers and neocons of the world are gonna go bad guys okay fine they're bad guys all right cool that doesn't mean you can't understand why there's some animosity there right the united states has r- routinely makes friends with bad guys uh we we're friends with saudi arabia for example we were friends with sudan hussein for example, we have no problem being allies with bad guys. The reason we don't like these specific bad guys is because they overthrew the bad guy we put in charge of them.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I even heard some Fox News anchor said like a war with Iran would help peace negotiations.
1: It would <laughs> what?
2: A war with Iran would help peace negotiations in the Middle East. That's what he said. Well,
0: that's what they said about war with Iraq, too, back in yeah. 2000, 2002 in the lead up to the 2003 invasion. Is that removing Saddam Hussein is going to have, what was it, token, the massive positive repercussions throughout the yeah. entire Middle East or some bullshit like that? it so
1: said aged well, huh?
0: Yeah. Well, I don't think it like was around cheese.
1: back then. But yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, go ahead. I don't
2: know. I was just going to say it's ridiculous. The whole thing, they repeat themselves time and time again. And yeah, it seems that Americans have a five second memory and don't remember anything from the day before.
1: No, they really don't. Yep. And and th- this is the frustrating thing about this whole episode that we had. Because I honestly oh. thought that Republicans and conservatives in general had turned a corner. Right? That they were starting to see things uh, at a foreign policy standpoint, more from a libertarian point of view. Uh, even though they, they it's not exactly a little bit like saying, oh, America first. We need everybody back here. Like, okay, Fine, America first. Ooh, just bring them all home. I don't care. No, just, just do that. Just br- bring the troops home. Stop sending a lot of money overseas. If you want to yell American first in the process, have at it. Give, knock yourself out. But they started to, to come around, and then this happens. And all I hear from these people, banging the drums of war. We need to invade Iran. We need to turn Tehran into glass. We need to just Wiped them off the face of the earth. it was like, no, dude. I thought we were past being genocidal monsters. I thought we were past wanting to firebomb cities. I thought we were past just mindless warmongering. But I I guess not. Well, Iran has been kind of the
0: crown jewel in the the neocon plan to completely re-engineer the Middle East for decades now you know it's been the linchpin it's been the one that they've been after the most because it's been the most uh it's it's the biggest obstacle you know all the other countries around there are very they're very mercurial they've always got shifting borders and shifting alliances and the internecine violence between the shiites and the sunnis and the kurds and the Yazidi and the small christian minority you know they're always fighting amongst themselves but iran has always been kind of a very high has always been kind of a very uh solid and homogeneous uh unit you know they were the old persian empire and and then after world war one they still kind of had a very unified uh, cultural identity that they can kind of glom onto. And uh, as far as, as, as being the, the, the biggest obstacle and the biggest prize for that Western-style reinvention of the Middle East, Iran has always been that.
1: Yeah, they've they've been the boogeyman for the the United States, for for American neocons for for, as long as I can remember. I remember them being like two years away from having a nuclear weapon back when I was five years old. And they're still two years away from having a nuclear weapon. It's coming. It's all Obama's fault, too, because, you know, before Obama, (laughs) they were five years away. But after Obama, now they're two years away. It's all because yeah. it's all because they got all those pallets of cash from the U.S., right? That's the only Thanks, reason. Obama. Fucking Obama. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, the uh, the Iran nuclear program is the global warming of geopolitics. So oh, we're only a couple years away from imminent doom. Well, it's <laughs> it's the other side of it because.
2: You know, climate change and global warming is the Democrats' talking point, and the Iran nuclear deal is the Republicans' talking point.
0: Yep. So everybody's got to you- have something to make you know to get those those fear those fear points
1: up. Yeah, and it, it, it events like these always bring out. Tired takes from conservatives, you know, like the, the 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 oh they're about to get a nuclear weapon. That's a tired take. It, it they're never gonna actually have a nuclear weapon, but they're always gonna be on the brink of having a nuclear weapon. Uh, Iran's the aggressor. Another tired take. Oh, they've been aggressing against us for years. Ah, tired take. Nah, missing a lot of context to have that. One of the one of the tired takes that I keep hearing from people is, oh well, the Middle East has always been. And they've been fighting each other there for centuries. And what? this is just another chapter in that long book of warfare and extremism. Like, technically true. <laughs> yes. we not that's, helping. But that's true of literally everywhere. That's, that's the funny thing. People talk about the Middle East being a flashpoint of violence as though the Middle East is uniquely that. Right. As though Europe and Asia haven't also been that for their entire history. Yep. They just just think about European history before 1945. Right. Because World War II was the last really big European war. Right. Yep. Okay, just go back in history. Then what you had two old wars, you had the 30 years war, you had the Napoleonic Wars, you had the 100 years war. You had the fucking Roman Empire and all the wars that they fought. You had the Greeks before them. The uh, Ottoman Empire. Yeah. The freaking <laughs> Europe has been a flashpoint of war and murder and extremism for centuries, too. And Asia's no different. China's been a flashpoint for war and conflict ever since it came into existence. Uh, Africa as well. South America, for the time it has been, the only exceptions to this rule are North America and Australia. Australia, because there's only one political entity on the continent, and North North America, because there's only one political entity that matters on the continent. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to argue. (laughs) Where's the lie? it's very easy to have a peaceful continent when you have one mega superpower and two little pansies that like to latch on to it.
2: And North America is also relatively young. Yeah. I mean, you know, no, it is. Yeah. When I don't, I mean, when was Mexico was part of Spain I mean, I don't remember what Canada was before, but and then the U.S. was part of England, so you know. <laughs> so again, Europe.
1: Yeah, and it's not. It's not like North America has been entirely peaceful either. I mean, we, we had the uh, the French and Indian War to start things off, the American Revolution, the War of eighteen twelve, the Indian Wars, etc. Right, so Civil it's, it's, it's just the big one. <laughs> How could I miss the big one—the American Civil War, Spanish-American
0: yeah, I mean, War, and the Mexican-American War—tons mm. and ton, tons, of little brush brushfire conflicts, and then there's all of the little regime change <laughs> crap that we did down in South America and in the Caribbean, and and I mean, yeah. So we're, yeah, what were uh, we talking about? <laughs>
2: I ran the flock of seagulls song. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh uh, no, we lost token. Oh uh, well. <laughs> 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 yeah, but yeah, the uh, uh like, uh, let's see,
1: where'd he go? There, there it is. he is. Something weird. I think I did something weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think? I just did. I just pressed the back button on my mouse, and it took me to the previous page, and then it. Sport again, and here wow. I am. I that was weird. I've never done that before. All <laughs> right, So that's rather right a long story short. uh We all were with Iran. We didn't. So now everything is good and hunky dory again. So we never have to worry about this shit happening again for and the next for the next five minutes.
0: Yeah.
1: In five minutes, there will be something else. Now here's a question: Do you think? That if Hillary Clinton had been elected, we'd have been in a war in the Middle East. Well, uh, have a new war in the Middle East on top of the wars we already have, See, in either Syria or Iran. I
0: yeah,
2: I think it's more likely something would have happened with Russia.
0: Yep, by way of Syria. That would be yeah, something,
1: something along those lines. Yeah, probably. Because um, I, re- I remember when Hillary Clinton was running for president, she kept saying that she was going to enforce no-fly zones over Syria. And guess who had jets flying over Syria? Russia. Russia. So yep. that was a bit uh, yikes to me. So yeah, I think I there mean- was even a Marine Corps
0: general that got up there in front of Congress and, and flat out told her to her face that a strict no-fly zone policy – In Syria will result in war with Russia. And this was back when she was Secretary of State. She was just like, I don't care. At this point, what difference does it make?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look at what happened in Libya. She just
1: wants war. Yep. Yeah. Woman's a fucking psychopath. Yeah, this this is a woman who is so obsessed with appearing to be tough. That she'll literally obliterate countries to do it. Like, see, yep. I'm tough, guys. What? Vote to me, I'm tough.
0: That just goes to show just how insecure in her own abilities and strength she really is. Yeah, it's. Well, I mean, mean that, it,
1: that's the thing. It completely backfired on her because Donald Trump was the more. Non-interventionist candidate of the two, so you can't. And he ended up winning. So can you really argue that her toughish warhawkness won her any votes or got her anywhere? No, no. So she would have been better off being more non-interventionist. Instead, she wants to look tough and blow things up and get beaten by Donald Trump. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, so yeah. uh, let's let's move on to a different topic. So it seems to me like every time Project Veritas does literally anything, me and Hobbs are here to talk about it. Uh, I remember when they had that expose about Google. We did an episode about it when they did a segment. What was it? ABC. Yep. Covering up
0: Epstein the thing.
1: Yeah, when they, when they just when they unleashed that video about ABC covering up. The Epstein investigation, we were here to talk about it. And there is a new video by Project Veritas, which just dropped about everyone's favorite Jew from New York who's going to take on the millionaires and the billionaires and the 1% of the one as Mr. Bernie Sanders. Apparently, he hires some pretty radical staffers. Shocker, I know. People that work for Bernie Sanders turn out to be ra- Violent psychopath. So I let me let me pull up the video right now. We're not gonna we're not going to uh, play the whole thing because it's a ten minute long video, and I wouldn't subject you guys to that long of a video. But I'm gonna play a little bit of it and get your guys's reactions to it. So here we go. This is Project Veritas on a certain Bernie Sanders staffer. Really impressed by their public transportation system. Meet Kyle Jurek, a field organizer in Iowa for presidential
2: candidate Bernie Sanders. Jurek says cities are going to burn if Trump gets reelected. These are worrisome words from someone who works for a man running to be president of the United States. Now, the evidence shows Kyle Jurek has been in politics since 2018, when according to these FEC records, Jerk was paid $500 while working for the Democratic Senate Campaign Committee.
1: I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. Um, they are scared and senseless about
3: anti-fascists. Like even like, even like the ones that are kind of like, you know, the right-wing people. The only thing that works, the only thing that fascists understand is violence. So the only way that you can confront them is with violence.
1: Funnily enough, this is an argument I hear actual fascists make. About non-fascists or about communists, okay. this is this is a thing that people who want to be brutal, violent dictators use. This is the argument that they resort to. Oh, the people I want to murder, all they understand is violence. So I have to speak to them in the language of violence. See, that justifies my psychotic, murderous instincts to kill people, because they only understand violence.
0: Allow me to sing you the song of my people.
1: It's absolutely ridiculous. that I, I absolutely hate when anybody uses that argument.
3: So if Trump gets reelected what? cities burned.
1: Yes, but which cities specifically? I want to know which cities are going to burn before I sign up for this. Uh, if it's if it's
0: if it's Portland and San Francisco and New York and places like that, one good riddance. And I want to I want to I,
1: I want to see New York before it burns. Uh, they can take like places like Cleveland and Cincinnati because nobody gives a shit about. This. <laughs> But is it uh, is it like my city that's gonna burn or some some other city that I don't care about? I want I want specifics here. Which cities are going to burn if Donald Trump is like this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, if that's the case, then I want a threshold. I want a population threshold for when <laughs> a town becomes a
1: city. <laughs> and and is it the whole metro of these cities or just the city proper? Right? So if I live in a suburb. But that's technically a different city. Am I okay? Well, apparently,
2: because of climate change, it's just gonna keep burning.
1: It's never gonna. Oh my god! It's gonna be Australia here in the U.S. because the city's all burned. Oh my god! All right, let's let's keep going. What you gotta do? Yeah,
3: I mean, we don't have a lot of time left. We have. Save like human civilization.
1: Yes, we have to save civilization by burning down cities. This is a yes. master plan that cannot backfire. It's because Donald Trump
0: is the end of human civilization, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm no fan of the guy, but seriously, the hyperbole and just the 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 sheer amount of agency that they put behind one man should tell them, you know, if they had any kind of self-awareness at all they would be hey you know what maybe the government in general and the executive branch in particular have too much power huh and just the fact that he was so uh, liked uh
2: reality television host before he started running
1: yeah <laughs> he would yeah he, he was most famous for firing people before if he was I, president
2: you're fired.
1: <laughs> Obviously, uh. Trump, don't get too about
3: making sure that the world doesn't burn. Burning doesn't get the nomination. If it goes to the second round, the emergency convention,
1: the Milwaukee. Okay, so we have our first confirmed burning city, Milwaukee. Now, how do we feel about that? <laughs> I'm going to miss the beer but I drink how, Guinness. So. How okay are we with Milwaukee burning? Tori, are you okay with Milwaukee burning? Uh, considering I'm a Yankees fan and I don't
2: really care about the Brewers, sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Other yeah. places can make beer. I'll allow it. <laughs> ah, bye, Milwaukee. It was nice knowing you. That is the, the, the first city that will burn. The battle lines are drawn. We're, we're going by sports teams here. All right. Well hold up, hold up. I gotta look up the population of Milwaukee real quick. Of Milwaukee. So anything above this population burns. Five hundred and ninety-five thousand. I am okay. Okay. Now I got to look up the population of well, I, I know you're okay. You're out in the middle of nowhere. Ah, Omaha's okay. Four hundred and sixty six thousand. All right, Tori, where are you at?
2: Uh, I'm okay in Englewood Cliffs, New Jersey. There's like 5,000 people here.
1: Okay, so all three it, of us are good. So it's we're, a small town. So we're I all mean, good. We're all good with Milwaukee and every city above the size of Milwaukee. <laughs> except,
2: except I'm really close to New York City, so if the climate change theory is correct, I'm dead.
1: Dude, you're going to have a lot of refugee homeless people coming in to where you're at. So you might not be safe.
0: Well, judging by an episode we did a few weeks ago, he already has a homeless New York <laughs> refugee problem. <laughs> 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 uh, that may be more of like
2: Newark and stuff where no one cares about anything. <laughs>
1: You know, oh. instead of burning Milwaukee, can we just burn Newark? No one seems to care about Newark. <laughs> no Especially should...
0: Newark cares about Newark.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. We we well, probably have, like, one person from Newark listening out now. He's like, fuck you guys.
2: Newark, Newark's where T-bones from, though. <laughs>
1: All right, let's keep. Sure. Okay, so Milwaukee's gonna burn. Let's see what else happens.
3: It'll start in Milwaukee, and then when they and when the police push back on that, and other cities. Like, be ready to be in Milwaukee for the DNC convention. Well, what am gonna say? Oh, well, I plan on being there.
1: What about Des Moines? We're gonna make- I'm gonna skip ahead again because okay. there's more interesting stuff down the line. We have nothing else left to lose. But it all costs, whatever it takes. Um, And that's why, like, when they're like, oh, and and the are violent, it's because uh, we're willing to go above it. First of all, I like to say I'm digging the music in the background. (laughs) I just want to point that out. I'm listening to this thing. I just, my head's nodding with it. Like, yeah. I can see my. I can see myself being at that bar.
2: So it's it's like when a movie is really crappy but has a good soundtrack.
1: Yeah, it's like Suicide Squad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. I'm not the only one. Jesus. Oh, no. Everyone in Suicide Squad is garbage. All right, let's keep going. Beyond what the
3: law says is acceptable, like oh, free speech, yeah. Like they're, they try to be like you know, oh, you're a victim or you're you're against free speech. No, we're not against free speech. We're against hate speech.
1: Uh, yeah, you're against free speech then. <laughs> Let me stop you there, sir. You're just against free speech. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Huh. You
0: know, I, I I love it when when people bring up that, I'm not against free speech, I'm against hate speech. The thing about this hate speech nonsense is, if you, in your heart of hearts, know that what they're saying is wrong, or bigoted, or, you know, just the facts aren't there, then you should be able to counter those arguments with facts and logic of your own. So, When I see people like this, who I'm assuming is going to be a well-educated, well-spoken guy if he's working for a presidential uh, candidacy, when I see somebody like this say, oh, no, we have to, you know, first and last resort is violence because we're against hate speech, that means that either A, you don't have faith in your ability to argue your own point, or B, you know somewhere deep down that your argument is bullshit anyways.
1: Well, I mean, the, 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 considering the things that this guy has to say uh, left in this video, is a lot wrong with this dude.
3: Yeah. And if your speech, free, free speech, is something that like these people shouldn't exist, then I don't give a if it's free speech or not. This guy shouldn't you exist. You don't need to, like free speech has repercussions. Yeah. You, there are consequences to your right. Um, and if your speech is calling for the elimination of people based on race or gender or uh, uh, religious. Uh, like, for
1: whatever reason. Now, keep this in mind when he starts talking about what should happen to people with different political views from him. <laughs>
3: like, things that people can't change, then you should expect a violent reaction. Mm-hmm. And you deserve a violent reaction. Because, like, that's it's just not an acceptable thing. It's not acceptable. So many people have suicided themselves that have been related to the Clintons in some way. Or- you're next. I don't, I don't want to wait. and have to wait for <laughs> to Yeah, with who though? Who, who's yeah. you going to throw down with? You're going to
1: play. Hold on.
3: Thanks,
1: the pundits. Billionaire class. That's us, Hobbs. The media pundits. They're going to throw <laughs> down with us. <laughs> with our massive
0: And you too, Jory, you have a podcast.
1: <laughs> you're the media pundits too.
0: Yay, whoopee. (laughs) Part of that elite class.
1: I wish we were in that billionaire class, though. That'd be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I just just like how the fact that in
2: 2016, it it was the millionaires and the billionaires, and now in 2020, it's just the billionaires. Well, it's because
0: Bernie Sanders is a millionaire now, and
1: everybody knows it. Yeah, all of a sudden (laughs) Bernie Sanders makes a million dollars like, I could (laughs) give away a lot of this money to make me not a millionaire or I just could shit on billionaires instead Yeah, I'll do that I
0: I can't see or hear Bernie Sanders without hearing the Steven Crowder, Gilbert Gottfried impersonation of Bernie Sanders (laughs) Talking about the millionaires and the billionaires head-free shit.
1: So was that the the Dustin Hobbs, Stephen Crowder, Goffrey, Bernie Sanders impression?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. That there was like six degrees of separation on that one.
1: <laughs> quite a bit on that. Okay, let's uh, let's keep going.
3: Go on into that NBC studio, drag those up by their hair, and light them on fire in the
0: streets.
2: What are we gonna
3: do with them? Gulag. <laughs> liberals get the <laughs> wall first what are we going to do with those people that resist the change because that's a big deal well i'll tell you what in cuba what do they do to reactionaries they shot them on the beach <laughs> well that's what we're going to do <laughs> come all
0: out to the beach and shoot them and we all know what a paradise cuba is i mean the weather's nice but People build rafts out of trash to get away from it.
1: Again, Tori, I feel like you're getting the, the short end of the straw here because it's going to be pretty hard to get me or Hobbs out to a beach. <laughs> 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 I mean, the, the the economic limitations on that alone. Yep. It's, you, they got to come all the way out to Nebraska, find us, detain us. Take us all the way to the nearest beach and then shoot us. I'm sorry. You're already <laughs> right there in New Jersey, Tori. I'm well, sorry. But but see,
2: if global warming is true, <laughs> you guys are going to be waterfront.
1: <laughs> well, see, you're getting the short end, too, because you're just going to be swamped by water, then.
2: Hey, I I live near a lot of millionaires and billionaires who have helicopters.
1: <laughs> Did you get one of them to give this dude a helicopter ride? <laughs>
0: oh, you're gonna be lined right up there on the beach next to Jay Wow and Snooky and
1: <laughs> No, what's what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen is. The commies are going to be coming for me and you hods are going to be held up in a secret bunker here in Nebraska and all of a sudden we just start hearing Flight of the Valkyries da, 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 and it's Tori with a fleet of millionaires and billionaires in helicopters coming to the rescue. Oh, wow. Drop a on all the goddamn commies.
0: Fucking pinkos.
1: They gotta make that movie. I'd watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Do
3: you wanna fight against the revolution? You're gonna die for it.
0: <laughs> oh boy, he looks like he looks like an angry, younger vermin
1: supreme kind of. <laughs> an angry, less awesome, less yeah. smart. More crazy versus supreme. Minus yep. the boot hat. Yep. I mean, Vermin Supreme, he won the, the New Hampshire straw Hole the other day. Yes, he, his, he did. He sure did. Vermin Das Boot is on his way.
0: That's so going to be so interesting.
1: You got to love this guy. This guy's going like, oh, man, people who don't think that you have the right to exist. You just... You deserve to have a violent response against you. Oh, wait a minute. You're not you're not down with communism. Gulag. We're gonna <laughs> shoot you on a beach, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: the crazy thing is, is like they're they're out there equating bigotry with violence. It's like, no, at the end of the day, racism and bigotry is just a shitty person's shitty opinion until it translates into action. And this guy Is seems like he's advocating direct action. I mean, you know, you take the most famous alt-right guy, Richard Spencer, and I don't think he's ever argued that insert ethnic group here shouldn't exist. His whole thing is you can exist, just exist over there. You know, he's not trying to put people in gulags and death camps and line people up against the wall and shoot you on the beach and all this other shit that this wacko is saying.
1: At least he wants to do it in a nice area, like a beach.
3: Yeah, you yeah. know, the sunset's nice. Pow! Yeah, right, let's hear a little bit more. We had the climate summit with Naomi Klein and AOC. Warren campaign, campaign people. I don't want to hear uh, that. Burden a bad judge of character. So, like, he has, like, uh, Weaver, who, uh, who is his, like, one of his, like, campaign, like, against Warren. Just let's go uh, but he keeps it but he keeps it policy based. People tell me that as on the doors. Like yeah, you know, I like Bernie, but I really want a woman to be it's like, wait, so like you're okay with a woman if she has worse policies. Like just because she's a woman, because she has a vagina, that's why you're gonna vote for her.
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This guy just committed starting a rule against social justice. Yes, you're supposed to approve a woman because of my vagina. this dude apparently didn't get the message anyway there's there's a lot more to it he starts talking about how the gulags weren't that bad he starts talking about how bernie sanders college for all plan is really just a way to get trump supporters into re-education camps and get them re-educated he starts talking about oh like post-world war ii we need to we needed to re-educate all of Nazi Germany to not be Nazi that's what we got to do to Trump supporters' like <laughs> he go yeah he goes on and on and on and apparently there's a lot more uh, on this guy that project Veritas is going to uh, release in the future and we are looking forward to that yay <laughs> next meme <laughs> <laughs> We can't, we can't help us. Every time Project Veritas releases one of these videos, we have to talk about it, and this is another fun one. Look into the face of crazy, right there. He is uh, that is a fun one? So I'm, I'm gonna pull, put that away. All right, what else do we want to talk about? Mm, Spartacus. Let's talk about Spartacus for a little bit. Apparently, Spartacus. Us. Apparently, Spartacus has decided he no longer wants to be president. He's dropped out of the race. So sad. I'm gonna he, miss the guy. He misses Newark. Just a month after. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the reasons he gave was because of how pressing the impeachment trial for Donald Trump is. It's gonna keep him off the campaign trail, and gosh darn it, he just has to be in DC for that. Yep. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the
0: reasons he gave. Yeah, except Nancy Pelosi's holding on to the impeachment paperwork
2: yeah yeah paperwork. she's she's not giving it off well yeah. now
1: now that cory booker is going back to washington now maybe she will she's like i was just i was just waiting for him to come back you know <laughs> so he could take part in this important business and now that he's here we can move forward again hmm? yeah i you thank
0: know? god thank god <clears throat> for spartacus what would we do without him
1: yeah apparently he ran out of money Poor guy. Happens to the best of us. Uh, happened to Kamala Harris a month ago. Huh. She ran out of money. She actually blamed her uh going out on Bloomberg because she doesn't have millions and millions and millions of dollars to just throw at her own campaign, unlike Mr. Billionaire Class Bloomberg. I wouldn't <laughs> Bernie Sanders have gone after him yet.
0: Probably because he's going to be one of Bernie's biggest donors, more than likely.
1: Yeah, we'll see about that. The Jews have to stick together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh, man, man, you're gonna you're gonna get this show in trouble saying stuff like that, man. (laughs) Well, but I'm I'm Jewish, so I'm allowed to say it. Oh, well, by all means,
0: (laughs) go right (laughs) ahead.
1: Oh my goodness! Okay, well, yes, essentially yes. <laughs> no, so I don't really have much to say about Cory Booker. Mm, the guy ran a shitty race with shitty policies. Um, he doubled wonderful. down on the on the social justice identity identity politics stuff, which is surprisingly not very effective this time around.
0: Well, yeah, right? with his his his. Rosetta Stone, Spanish pandering.
1: Right? I mean, does it seem to anybody else like these identity politics stuff, which we all thought was going to be a huge factor, just isn't playing that much of a role? I mean, it's crazy. But Joe Biden's still in there. Bloomberg's in there. Freaking Elizabeth Warren is just ignoring that whole Native American thing. He's just pretending that all didn't happen right uh, bernie sanders was never the the identity politics candidate you know he was always the radical socialist candidate but he wasn't really one to play the well to to, to, to use his own identity as a means to get elected um who else is left in this right you got Buttig, Buttigieg, Buttigieg, but he didn't seem to be the favorite of uh social justice progressives either they nope. don't like him despite the fact that he's played at the fact that he's gay. So it's it's yeah, we I thought that this identity identity politics stuff would play a much larger role. It just hasn't happened that way. Well, because they can play it up, because if
2: they do play it up, then they have to acknowledge that Tulsi Gabbard's probably the most diverse person left in the race.
1: Yep. Oh, you can't have that. You just got to ignore <laughs> that. You just got to pretend that she doesn't exist. <laughs> or Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang, too. Yep. Yeah, Andrew Yang, too. And, you know, they don't want him. No, they certainly don't want him. It's it's such a funny thing to see. Because, yeah, I mean, because, like, the, the big identity politics candidates are all gone. Like Kamala Harris and Cory Booker. Those are, like, the big ones. Yep. Right? And they're gone. And who who is left in this race to play the idea? I'm sure there's a bunch of other Democrats in this race that I just don't give a shit about. Well, really, I don't give a shit about any of them. But at least some of them are relevant enough for me to actively not give a shit about. As opposed <laughs> to me just accidentally forgetting they exist. Right. You
0: know, there was those... Uh... Couple of governors. I don't even know if they're uh, Bullock from Montana and Hickenlooper from Colorado. It's like, what happened to those guys? I and mean, then you got Angry Klobuchar. She kind of fell off the face of the earth.
2: Uh, I mean, she's still in the debate, so I think. yeah,
1: that's really I, she's, yeah. she's yeah. still in the beats.
2: and Yang
1: are but she's in the debates. I have no idea how she's
2: still in the debates. I mean, I don't know if she qualified for the one tonight, but she was in the last one, and no one likes her.
0: Yeah, that's the the gist that I get. I've heard that she is a very unpleasant person. Yeah,
1: I don't. I mean, let's be completely honest. All these Democrats are very unpleasant people. (laughs) I mean, would yeah. you would you go out to dinner with any of these people? Would you have a beer with any of the Democratic nom- Democratic candidates? I'd Tulsi. have a beer
2: with Tulsi.
1: <laughs> yep. I mean, she's hot.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: there is that. <laughs> there is that. At least she'd be pleasant to look at while having a, a beer with her. But I mean, like the mainstream ones, the big ones, right? Fucking Bloomberg. No. Uh, Biden. Like, you know what? I, I would have a beer with Biden. I just to see what the crazy shit that comes out of his mouth.
0: Yep. I always and, I always said, like I've been saying it for years that if we could avoid talking about politics, I would like to have a beer with Joe Biden just to like, take it away,
1: Joe. Open mic night. All you bud. He he <laughs> might let something slip about Epstein if, if you got him drunk enough. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, I knew Epstein. I'd go to his place, and the kids would would touch my hairy legs and jump up and down in my lap. Oh boy, <laughs> you're getting suicided, bud. And then in court, that's where I met Corn Pop, and I beat him with the metal chain, and I got in the basement, and I said, "Corn oh, Pop, come down by that diving ball, Corn Pop." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, I, said I apologize
1: to you, corn pop. I apologize. Not for telling you what to do. I apologize for trying to beat you with a metal chain.
0: <laughs> for calling you Esther.
1: <laughs> My freaking Joe Ryan. Okay, what else do we have on this? There are a few other items we have. All right, we got, okay, we got New Jersey Vaping Band we got Jeff Bezos and the donations that he's getting criticized for uh, Tori, which would you rather talk about uh,
2: i either one's good with me i mean they're both ridic- they're both equally ridiculous
0: well you're out just, there in uh, <laughs> you're out there in New Jersey so you have a front row seat to why flavored vapes are bad According to the government, so why don't you just uh, kind of wax well, poetic on that?
2: <laughs> I mean, I I think it's all uh, just you know big tobacco wanting to hold to keep their stranglehold on the market. That's really what it comes down to. You know, I mean, the fact that. If vaping was so bad, why are they only banning flavored vapes and not menthol and tobacco-flavored vapes?
0: Because it's a deep conspiracy between the government and Big Chewing Gum to make sure that smoker's breath smells like shit.
1: <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I got I got a, an article from the Wall Street Journal pulled up here titled "New Jersey Legislature Passes Flavored Vape Ban." I'll read a little bit from that. New Jersey lawmakers approved a legislative package strengthening regulations on e-cigarettes, including a ban on flavored vaping products and a growing campaign to fight tobacco use among young people. One measure stiffens penalties for retailers selling tobacco and vaping products to people under the age of 21, while another forbids the use of coupons or discounts to purchase tobacco and vaping products. The sales of vaping liquid that contains nicotine in a concentration of more than 2% will also be prohibitive. Quote, by banning flavored vaping products, we can discourage our youth from taking this up from taking up this dangerous habit and reduce its prevalence in our homes and schools," said State Senator Shirley Turner, a Democrat. A Democrat. Oh, big shocker there. Um, <laughs> this is a point I was I, I was making to you guys before we started the show. I hate how the assumption always is when you have a flavored anything that oh it's marketed to kids as though adults don't like flavored things. Like. You're allowed to like flavored things as an adult, I am told. I am assured of this. I like flavored things. I assume that you guys enjoy flavor as well. That you do not just eat plain white rice every day for every meal all the time. White rice and plain oatmeal with no flavoring in it. Is is that what adults are supposed to eat and enjoy? I apparently missed this uh, this PA announcement.
0: Yep, that's uh, that's why tricks are for kids, bud. You're not allowed to have any flavor. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's,
1: it's,
0: it's like uh, tap tap water, tap water, and and plain white bread for you from here on out. Your uh, adulthood is a prison. It's a literal <laughs> prison.
1: <laughs> you're you're only allowed to have plain white rice, water, toast, and plain oatmeal. <laughs> yep, um,
2: that's why adult cereals are all like checks mix and.
1: Oh, and Shit well, playing, playing and well Jones. done steaks. Well yeah. done
0: steaks only. You fucking take that
1: back right now. I will. <laughs> no, no, you're I'm, an adult, Hobbs. Only well done steaks. I will strike you. <laughs> like, I, no, no wonder Peter Pan didn't want to grow up because he knew what awaited him was well done. Was a lifetime of well done steaks and no steak sauce. yeah uh. Oh God, can you imagine that? It's like, yeah, you, you see you see politicians do this with flavored anything. Uh, think about flavored alcohol. Oh look. Uh fruit flavored vodka. It's marketed to kids because you know the only people who like fruit are children. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like I'm not gonna take my bottle of gray goose home and mix it with some cranberry juice, you fucking tool.
1: Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I mean, who drinks vodka plain? I mean Russians, maybe, but that just means you're a Russian asset if you do that, right? <laughs> you gotta take it home and mix it with something. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I I like rum and coke. That's my drink of choice. Troy, you got a drink of choice? Uh, for a mixed drink, I like Jack and Coke. Jack and Coke's good. I can't. I can't stand whiskey. It does not agree with me. But rum, I can drink rum all day. But I'm I'm Puerto Rican, so yeah. duh. That's <laughs> yeah. that's 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 a Puerto Rican Puerto Rican spiced rum is kind of my thing. So yeah, you'd, you'd you'd have to turn in
0: your Puerto Rican card if you didn't like spiced rum. You
1: know, see, I already have enough strikes against me because I never <laughs> I never lived in Puerto Rico. I do not speak Spanish, so I got I got I got enough strikes against me. But if but I like spiced rum, so there I got go. that going for me. Um. What do you drink? I know you like beer. Everyone likes beer. Well, what's like your your cocktail uh, I, of choice?
0: I'm 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 not much of a of a hard liquor drinker. I, I like Guinness. I'm I'm pretty much stuck on Guinness for most and, of the time. And well done steaks. And well done steaks. <laughs> no, I, but uh like I think the last time that I had any type of hard alcohol, it was uh, this drink that I made when I was in the army. That was uh, Rockstar juiced uh lemon
1: juice and Jose Cuervo especial. Uh-huh. Oh, like like Rockstar energy drink but the juice. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, like when I was I when I was in the Air Force I had some buddies that would sh- throw what they called shenanigans parties and they would have a big old cooler of jungle juice right and they just throw all this crazy shit <laughs> in there and when you first get there you have to fill your cup with the jungle juice and drink that before you could even like go into the party. Yep. Right. That was kind of the thing. And they had like a dozen different drinking games that they would play simultaneously. Right. Like if you, Oh, what did they have? They like played a game where they would carry around dimes to try to drop them into like the, the, the open beers it it was yeah, they would they were a bunch of weirdos. They made up a bunch of stupid games to play, but it was fun drinking the jungle juice and doing shenanigans.
0: <laughs> we had a drink called uh Devil's Piss that was
1: <laughs>
0: it was a, a gallon of country time lemonade, a fifth of Everclear, and five or six of these uh lemon lemonade flavored uh, energy drinks called Redline. I don't know if you've ever had those or not, but uh, oh boy, howdy! Let me tell you, that that go a little bit goes a long way.
1: Awesome. Yeah, now, dude, I'm I, I'm well past my my prime drinking years. <laughs> uh, that was that was my early twenties. I got I got that out of my system, but I do still like a good rum and coke now and then. I think that, well, yeah, we're at 60 minutes. That's about what we like to to wrap this up. So, Troy, why don't you tell uh, us, everybody, about your podcast and uh, where they can find it and how they can get in contact with you, I guess.
2: So, yeah, it's uh, The Unuseful Idiots. It's pretty much on all podcatchers. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, that's where You can find it and it's a current events show kind of similar to this. I try and have a guest on usually. So, you know, I've had uh, Joshua Smith, Dan Berman, uh, all three lines of Liberty, Monica Perez, those, you know, just people who are interesting to talk to. And uh, you can check it out on my website, theunusefulidiots.com. I also started a YouTube channel uh, that's not really podcast-related, but it's more sports and movies and stuff. But, uh, yeah, so you could check that out, too.
1: And that's it. Awesome. Ooh. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been a very fun and lively discussion tonight. Uh, we'll try to get and... this. We'll try to get the get this published tomorrow night or the night after. Um, remember, everybody, coming up next week, January Monday, January twentieth, we have Jacob Hornberger coming on the show live. That's next Monday, January twentieth, at nine p.m. Central Time and we are taking live questions from the audience. So if you tune in and you have a question for Jacob Hohenberger, who's running for president of the United States under the Libertarian Party, if you have questions for him, ask, and we will pass them on to him. Um, The following week, we have Joshua Flynn, who's running for uh, state representative in Illinois. That's going to be a fun interview. And then the week after that, we have the Christian Libertarian Caucus of the Libertarian Party coming on to do another episode of Better Know a Caucus. So that's our lineup for the next few weeks. Of course, every Tuesday night, you have the Token and Hobbs show. And Friday nights, Mr. Hobbs over there does observations, and he's been killing it with the guests he's had on lately.
0: Yep. Yep. This week, uh, I'm still kind of in discussion, but... Uh, this week, I'm going to have another one of the Naked and Afraid survivalists, uh, Russell Sage, hopefully, will be joining me to talk about more survivalist stuff, off-grid living, stuff like that, prepping, things of
1: that nature. So mm-hmm. make sure to tune in for those, because those, those are some excellent episodes if you guys haven't listened to them yet. So I, I look forward every week to observations, and you guys should too. All right, everyone. Remember, we're going to be on the Think Liberty Network in the future. So that means no more roads than number two liberty.com. We are going to merge what our website content onto the thinkliberty.com website. Uh, all our social media stays. We're not merging those. The Roads of Liberty on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Minds, YouTube, and YouTube, that all stays the same. That's not going anywhere. But to get this podcast feed in the future, and we'll let you know when it happens, in the future, you're going to have to subscribe to Think Liberty because that's where you're going to get the Road to Liberty podcast. That's Token and Hobbs, that's Token Talks on Monday nights, and that's Observations. All that's going to be on the Think Liberty Network in the future. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I hope you had as much fun listening to this episode as we had making it Good night, everyone, and remember to stay sane the world won't do it for you. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. <laughs>